0: Everybody, red, red, yes. All right, Justin, sing me your favorite trance or jungle beat song. You said
1: favorite. What was the first word? I heard the second part. Trance beat,
0: trance. Hmm. So mainly, I want you jungle to sing me a techno song. Jungle beat song. Uh, do I even have it? Te- <laughs> I mean, I'd take I take house. Know if I even have what? Um, house. Uh, uh, pretty much a song that would appear in Blade.
1: Hmm. Wow. I am just so, oh, I think I do have one. I think I do. I don't know if this counts or not, but, uh, God, what is the name of the song? I don't even know what the name of the song is, but it was
0: like, uh, oh my God, how does it go? What are the lyrics? The sad thing is if it has lyrics, you're probably going down the wrong alley man i
1: forget what it was called but it was something like i can't remember the lyrics but it was like spank my bitch up whoa but okay i know what
0: you're thinking
1: spank my bitch up whoa that's smack
0: it's smack my
1: smack okay
0: but i do know what you're talking about
1: I may, be wrong, on the, the may be
0: wrong on the artist I think it's crystal method and
2: no it's I don't think it is um,
0: either way I know what you're talking about and I'll give you credit on that Justin
1: yeah
2: prodigy
0: that would totally go is it prodigy prodigy yeah. a prodigy yes. Song works. yes
1: yeah and that's uh that would totally go with the fight scenes in this movie
0: it would so yeah you were 100% correct you do you do get a point on this one all right Heather your turn same Does thing. it have
2: to technically be a song that goes in the movie or just like a trance song? Well, a
0: trance song. Like, that's pretty much all the music in this movie. That's why, you know, so the, it just has to be something that one, could be in it.
2: So, the one that I'm thinking of, the only one that I can really think of off the top of my head is the, I think it's called Sandstorm. The do 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 that's all i remember but i remember it was a popular song like early 2000s and they played it on um they played it on the radio all the time i I know which one you're talking about and i could see that something like that yeah so that's that's the only one i can think of
0: all right see you both get points
2: yay
0: yeah on that roll dude that roll you you both lost last episode i don't want to hear that roll
2: I don't even remember mm. what you asked, but I remember not having I anything for I asked you it. guys
0: for Hidden Gem songs, and you fucking came up with nothing. What kind of songs? Hidden Gem songs.
2: Oh, right. Yeah.
0: And neither one of you had a damn thing. Oh. So you can't well, sit now there we've and redeemed say, ourselves. you're on a roll, Justin. You're not. <laughs> you're not butter. You ain't on no roll.
1: I <laughs> ain't on no <the> roll. huh? <sighs> uh. God, that sounds good—a fresh you're, roll. You're like not I even always that. Have.
0: You're not even that shitty ass cinnamon butter from Texas Roadhouse.
1: <laughs> you don't like that butter? That butter's great.
0: Okay, I love cinnamon. I don't like their little cinnamon butter bullshit. Do you know what's even better on their rolls? Actual butter, just regular ass fucking butter.
1: Man, I think that that cinnamon butter's delicious. I feel no. like it's a delectable delight.
0: No. No, it's not. It's it's it has no balance to it. I just prefer a nice clean butter flavor in that situation.
1: Man, come on, Heather. I know you like it. I know you like I know you think you got to think it's a delectable delight.
2: It is good, but um I haven't been to Texas Roadhouse in many many years. But I do remember liking it cuz it's a little bit sweeter, right? It's like a sweeter butter. Mhm. Yeah. And I am always okay with something that's sweeter. So, yes.
0: It is terrible.
2: Well, that's because you don't really like things that are sweet.
0: Yeah, but who wants like even a sweet cream butter when it has a little bit of sweetness to it? It's way more balanced than that butter is.
2: I mean, I remember you gave it a go like when we did Fest and we ordered what was that chocolate cake or some kind of crazy chocolate cake at that steakhouse. At Morton's. You really yeah. you, you tried. And you were just like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> so me and Justin just <laughs> I dominated took that. One thing.
0: bite of that. And I thought I was going into a diabetic coma. God, it, <laughs> I wasn't think it we like did 2000
1: calories in one slice or something. It was something crazy. Yeah, it was, it was so
0: like a five layer chocolate fudge cake or something. Yeah. It was delicious, it was, but it was yeah. so rich and so sweet. I thought I was going to die.
1: Yeah, it's been a year and I'm still working off that cake.
2: <laughs> it was delicious, but yeah, definitely not something you want to have all the time or you will regret it.
0: Uh, it was I so I, good, though. I had one bite oh of that. That is maybe the one thing you guys could probably out eat me at, is rich sweets.
2: Probably. Because that's my bread and butter. <laughs> Get it? That was funny.
0: No, it wasn't. <laughs> I that got was, it. That was terrible.
2: I'm so funny. It's okay. You can laugh. I know you want to.
0: On that note, here's the music. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we are doing a Cinefan favorite with, or a Cinefan essential. I don't even know what the fuck we call these things anymore. Uh, A Cinefan essential movie with the movie Blade. We will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between. And hopefully Heather won't make any more of those jokes. Oh boy. I'm just saying. (laughs) But as always, we will go... Spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then give our spoiler-centric thoughts afterwards. Uh, So, starting us off, even though she came with one of the worst dad jokes of the millennium, Heather, what are your thoughts on Blade?
2: I'm very offended right now. I can't keep my composure to talk about this movie now.
0: I am offended, Uh, too, by your uh, joke. You're saying I'm... (laughs) The millennium?
2: You're saying I'm like the least funny person that you know, and that's upsetting.
0: Dad jokes are the worst.
2: <laughs> You've made a few yourself on here. Don't act Name like you haven't. Name one
0: dad joke I've ever said.
2: Um, it was something on the Soul podcast, but I can't remember what you said.
0: No, I accidentally said a pun, and I didn't realize okay. I did it. And you said pun intended, and I was like, actually, no, I didn't, because Justin had oh, one that was true. pun intended. I didn't.
2: It was Jastin that did. That's right. You have done it. I know you've done it. Never. Well, anyways. Um, Okay. So, Blade. I did... uh, I have watched this a couple of times because when I was younger, my brother and I really liked this movie. So, I have seen it. um, I've seen it multiple times, but it has been years. So... Recently watching it again, I just, you know, was coming back in my mind of like, oh, yeah, I remember this happening and this happening. There are certain scenes, obviously, that kind of stick out to you in this movie, Um, which I know we'll kind of get in more of the specifics of it. But um, I mean, I think overall, I would say this movie is... It's, it's good. Like, I think it's a good action movie. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's great. I think it has potential that it could have been great, but it's just good. And, you know, I'll talk more about why, but I mean, mostly it just kind of has to do with, like, timing of dialogue and just stuff like that. But um, the story itself, the plot of the movie, the way that it's shot, all of that is really, really good. Um, you know, it was a good you know, it was a very interesting storyline, you know, it keeps you wanting to know what's happening. So for that, I will say, you know, it's interesting and they do a lot of really cool shots in the film and a lot of really cool action sequences. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's not necessarily a run of the mill type of action movie, but it's one of those where it's solid, you know, it's a solid movie. Um, where, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for good action, yeah, I mean, this movie has it. So I mean, I for Yeah, for that reason, I would say it's good. It it does the job that it's supposed to do. I never knew anything about the the comics of blade. I actually didn't even know that it was um, originally a comic until like years later. But yeah, I um, so I, I can't really speak to that side of it or how accurate it is or how it compares to that. But I just think, you know, Wesley Snipes did his thing. I think this movie is exactly what it wants to be for the most part. So, yeah, that's that's my first take on it.
0: Justin, what about you?
1: Yeah, so um, so honestly, um, when it comes to this movie, I was a little bit surprised that it made our um, Cinefans best list. I just would think.
0: It was like uh, the lowest voted one, just for clarification. uh, This is the one that barely made it.
1: Okay, so it just kind of barely made the cut, which even still is a surprise just because we've had so many comic book movies since then, and there's been just, I mean, there's just been so much that, that has come out, and then of all the movies that have just come out just over that span of years that um, that Blade had been released. And it's just a surprise that we had so many fans kind of home in on this one. I thought I was surprised that it made the list. Honestly, I just didn't think that it would. But I think that that speaks for the legacy that it does have and the reputation that it does have with fans. This is just kind of, this is kind of one of those movies where it was panned by critics at the time that it was released, but because of just fandom and things like that, it sort of just stood that initial test upon release. And then it, you know, of course, spawned sequels, animated series, stuff like that. And it really kind of wound up being a trendsetter for modern comic book movies, which I mean, I'm sure we'll go into detail more and more as we go through it. But uh, so it kind of now has this legacy in comic book history, even though at the time it wasn't seen as that great of a movie by critics and people like that. But I guess it's always kind of had a special place in people's hearts. And I guess that when you look at it that way, maybe it shouldn't be as much of a surprise to me that it made the fans list. Uh, But going back and watching this, I I definitely can understand some of those sentiments. I was kind of like you, Heather, when I first watched this uh when I was younger growing up, I just remember loving this movie when I first watched it. I was amazed by how it looked, just the dark atmosphere. It kind of reminded me of some of the older Batman films like Batman 89 and The Dark Knight and stuff like that, with just that dark kind of goth feel that it had to it. But this was a lot more adult. This was a lot more serious. There there wasn't too much, you know, it was very gritty and it was bloody. So it just felt like something different just by merit of that. It was a comic book movie and I kind of knew who Blade was. Like I never read Blade comics or anything like that. I mainly knew him because he would kind of show up as a guest in other people's comics. I remember the, uh, Morbius storyline where he showed up to help Spider-Man and there was this whole big thing that was kind of a a storyline with Spider-Man. I think that's the, that's when I first discovered who the Blade character was. So I kind of knew who he was, but I wasn't invested in him, didn't know much about him. Uh, And so when this movie, but when this movie came out I just thought it was so cool. I thought that the action sequences were they were frantic. They were fun. They were gory. It was just gory, good fun. And some of the fighting sequences I do think still hold up today. Some of the stuff I was like, man, this is still uh fun to watch even today. And overall, I do still think that this is an entertaining and fun movie. Uh, However, I will say that Even though uh, that my fandom at the time and the fact that I had just such a great time watching it at the time, I do feel uh now i'm looking at it with a different set of eyes and there are now things that stand out just about the story and, th- and different things that happen that bother me more now than i think that they did then and i mean we'll definitely get into some more of those things with the story elements but overall there are some memorable scenes in this movie that still just you you remember them vividly because they are stand out memorable scenes and i thought that wesley snipes really brought it here he seemed to be perfectly cast as blade and i think that that was a big part of this he was just the right person to play this character he really just fit the the role like a good pair of shoes and he really embodied this character and i thought that he did um a great job uh and yeah, I think that that's really just the best thing I could say about it. It's definitely more style over substance. I think that that's just kind of the best way to sum up this movie. But overall, I still thought that this was a good time and it definitely has its place, uh, in comic book cinema lore.
0: Uh, for me, this movie is, it's like the progenitor of the modern comic book movie because this is what kind of started the, the modern comic books. Before this, we had gotten the Christopher Reese Supermans. We had gotten the, you know, the uh, Tim Burton and uh, Joel Schumacher Batmans. We'd gotten all those, but this was the one that started the modern superheroes. This was right before X-Men came out. you know, this was before Spider-Man. This is what really kind of kicked off that maybe doing superhero stories like this were were feasible. And they did it to me in a very smart way. They did the whole, you know, black leather costumes. That's why the X-Men have them, you know, in the first X-Men movie and stuff like that is because that's what was considered a more grounded look, you know, for the time. Uh And also with this, they do change the character of Blade. Uh, And then they retroactively changed him in the comics to fit the movie version of Blade. Uh, Originally, Blade was just a person who was unaffected by vampire bites. You know, so a vampire couldn't turn him. That's why he was an effective vampire hunter. The whole Daywalker lore behind Blade starts with this movie. So... And I think that was a smart twist, making him a vampire, but making him, you know, like, you know, like they say, like, he's got all their strengths and none of their weaknesses, except for the whole drinking blood thing. Like, I think that was a very smart way of balancing that character and making him seem more formidable against vampires, because, like, how much of this movie wouldn't have worked if he was just a guy unaffected by vampire bites? You know, it it wouldn't have worked. So I like the twist they gave the character. I think it's very smart. I think aesthetically, this movie still holds up in a lot of ways. Uh, where it does not hold up is in the visual effects department. I don't even know if this movie holds up for 1998 with the visual effects. It gets bad at times. But to me, it's still one of the most uniquely stylish of of the, the comic book movies, because while the X-Men movies originally kind of felt smart by going that route with the costumes, by the time you get to like X-Men three, you're kind of wishing you got some classic like comic book aesthetics. And that's one thing I will give credit to when it comes to especially Marvel movies more recently I love the fact that they're leaning into the comic book aesthetic more and more. I think they're making it work. And I think that that's what's kind of fun about it. Whereas for a long time, they, they acted like they couldn't. They would always have to change it. It would always have to be colored leather. As much as I love Ben Affleck's Daredevil, is it really the best costume in the world to have him running around in red leather? No. So like i really but this one works because of 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 the character because of the world it's in because of you know it's supposed to be dark it's gritty it's it's the vampire underworld that we're not seeing in our everyday lives so the aesthetic works better it it feels more unique in this also because it was like i said the first one to do it but i think even now when we've seen comic book movies transition and become more comic accurate with a lot of these things. I think the Blade aesthetic still works. Some of that has to do with the fact that they've, ever since this movie, kept that aesthetic in the comics. You know, this is still what Blade looks like. And I think that that's, it's it's that smartness with it that kind of makes the char- character still relevant now. But as far as this movie goes, I do agree with Jastin in a lot of ways. It's very, the the action is very like unique it's it's got very memorable fight sequences i absolutely loved the way wesley snipes fills like films a fight sequence and it's because he does a lot of kicks in his fighting style and it just works so well with blade yeah and i've just i've always liked the way he fought and so it just translates very well in this character I love the the way he speaks as Blade, like the character choices with it. I love how he's very serious, but I love how, like, when he gets annoyed with humans, he gets a different tone to his voice versus whenever he gets annoyed with a vampire. Like, one of my favorite lines, and it's from the second Blade movie, is this one guy's like, oh, I can't tell you, they'll kill me. And he goes, motherfucker, I'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah. And... He, he does the same thing in this one where he gets shot by the security guards in the hospital or in the hospital mm-hmm. in the hospital. And when he's just like turns to him, he's like, motherfucker, what are you doing? Oh, God, I wish I could remember the exact line. Yeah. It starts with motherfucker. Motherfucker,
1: are you out of your mind?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's that tone he gets when he's annoyed with a human. Yeah. He gets that a little bit, too, whenever he's beating up the familiar, you know, but then whenever he's like annoyed with vampires, he still keeps it serious. Like, he still keeps that monotoneness to him because it's like that whole Batman, like, striking fear into the hearts of your enemies type of thing, you know? Like, whenever he cuts Deacon Frost in half, and I, fuck, that's a huge spoiler, but whatever. Like, all he does is mouth what the fuck because he doesn't want to break the character of the bewilderment. Like, he doesn't want to be anything but the monotoned killer of vampires in front of a vampire, and I like that, you know? It's those little things about the character that I think make Wesley Snipes' approach to this character incredibly amazing, and I also really love uh, Chris Christopherson as Whistler, mm-hmm. just the no nonsense, vulgar hillbilly. Love <laughs> yeah, him. yeah, he did great in this as well. I mean, I do have one question before we move on, Justin. Do you prefer Blade or Blade Two?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I like him. Both about the same, but I, but I always thought that Blade Two had better, more extravagant fight scenes. And I think that Guillermo del Toro just brought that element uh, to it. But the story still kind of (laughs) has issues as far as just the story. But I did enjoy the fight scenes more in that movie. Or at least I remember enjoying them more. And I
0: I love the dynamic between him and Ron Perlman or Wesley Snipes and Ron Perlman, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I always figured everybody liked Blade 2 more than Blade. Apparently, that's not true. If you look at like fan and audience scores and stuff like that. Apparently, that's not true. I just always thought that because everybody I've talked to that have seen them both. Always everybody tends to like Blade 2 more. You know, no one likes Blade 3. No one. <laughs> no one likes Blade 3. But I always just figured everybody liked Blade 2 over Blade 1. I. I know that there's way there's way different issues in that. Like both of these movies have weird special effects issues. Like this one, the whole anticoagulant blood dart things that make everybody all bubbly and explode. Oh yeah. That is a terrible <laughs> special effect. But then anytime they do the extravagant fight scenes in, in blade two where they're like very aerial and acrobatic and stuff, those motherfuckers look like they're fucking stretch Armstrong's and made of rubber, you know? So both of them have their issues and it's just, I don't know. I always fell on that side, but, and that's why I was just, I found it interesting also, about what Jasmine was saying that this is one of the ones that got voted in. Like I said, this was like the lowest vote getter we get. And it won a tiebreaker because of I had Blade Two on my list as a runner-up. And we were using our runner-ups as tiebreakers. And to me, that kind of counted. You know what I mean? I had the sequel, but it kind of counts. Yeah. It's the same franchise. You know what I mean? So that's where it ended up getting a tiebreaker and getting in. This isn't one that got straight in off boats. This got in with tiebreakers. So... I do want to stress that because I do agree, Justin, it's weird that of all the superhero movies we have or that could have been on a list, Blade ended up on it. And I say that with a huge soft spot for this movie. I mean, I was a little like 12-year-old asshole in this movie theater watching this, <laughs> loving every second of it. And also, shout out to what's his name? Uh, Domel Logue, uh, who plays oh my Quinn in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's sneakily always the best thing in every movie he's in every movie TV show. It doesn't matter. He's always sneakily like one of the best things in everything he's in and severely underrated for it. And I just wanted to give him props because he was great as Quinn. So, uh, recommendations and scores, uh, Justin go.
1: Uh, yeah, I still recommend the movie. I think that, um, even going back and watching it now, And even though, like I said, I have a few more problems with it now than I did then, overall, I still walked away feeling like it was an enjoyable movie. I wasn't bored by this or thought that anything was just so dumb that it just was kind of like a turnoff or anything like that. Or I was like, man, this is so stupid now. I just can't even get through it. It's not that kind. It wasn't that kind of watch for me. Um I still laughed at some of the parts and I still found the fight, the, the fighting sequences exciting. And some of the scenes, I still found them very memorable, like that, like, like the opening club scene and everything. I still find that scene very memorable. Uh, so yeah, I think that I can still recommend this movie even now. And I get that how maybe some of those things, when you add them all up, it could be on a person's uh, favorite list. So while it is not one of my favorite comic book movies, I I, I, re- I definitely understand and respect how, how or why somebody could have this on a list. So yeah, I still recommend it. Uh With that being said, as far as a score, I guess we are going to go with, we'll go with 60, um, The vampire mothers strangely trying to seduce you out of a (laughs) hundred.
0: I will say this. I never read like later on in life. I realized I had this weird (sighs) attraction to Sanaya Latham.
1: Oh, she's hot. Yeah,
0: I did too. But no, it was just like she was in a movie and I was just like, I knew I knew her from somewhere. And I was like, I love her. And then like years later, I watched Blade. And then I realized that she was the mom. And I was like, oh, That's why I was attracted to her.
2: <laughs> I did forget about that too.
0: Yeah. It just it it didn't click later on and t- then I watched Blade again and I was like, "Oh yes, this is where she's from." That's right. And so yeah, it's weird though that yes, she is a weirdly incestuous mother, but she's so attractive while doing it. And like I said, I was a 12-year-old boy. I was very confused and very much up <laughs> for anything. So, I loved her. Anyway, Heather, go.
2: Yeah, I recommend it. I would say um, it's, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite Wesley Snyce performances. And I would say also it's an action movie that I i don't mind rewatching it over and over. I mean, I think action movies you're supposed to want to, but this one I legit am like, okay, I like these fight sequences, you know, um, it, I think minus kind of what you were talking about Sterling with the effects and things like that um it it somewhat holds up i mean it's not completely ridiculous now you know um and there's just something about the way that Wesley Snipes is Blade that just it just works you know what i mean like if nothing else about the movie works him as Blade works and i mean honestly it just really only makes me more excited for the Mahershala Ali one that they're going to do because I mean, I I mean, it'll be a hard standard to live up to, but I think he's up to the challenge. So it just kind of makes me excited for that one when it comes out. But yeah, I think it's um, for the flaws that it has. I think that it is, um, it is good and it does the job it's supposed to do. It's got that little creepy eerie vibe to it, but the really good action vibe to it, the really gloomy, dark, everything about it kind of thing um and just some great action sequences you know um so yeah i think it's i think it's good i think if you're into action and or comic movies um yeah i think it's it's worth a shot so i will give this um i'm going to give it like i'm going to give it 73 um bloody nightclubs that turn into murder scenes out of 100
0: yeah i have a weird affinity when it comes to wesley snipes i i like a lot of his movies and mainly him Uh, as much as u.s marshals is a garbage sequel to fugitive man i loved him in it i loved art of war do you know what no one should ever do love the movie art of war But I do. I kind of don't hate it either. Yeah. One of my favorite movies that I absolutely love and watch a lot of is Murder at 1600. Love it. Love him in it.
2: Yes. Uh, That's my other favorite of his. Yeah.
0: There's another movie he did called Drop Zone where he's a cop or something. I don't remember exactly the premise, but he has to join like a skydiving team because there's these criminal skydivers. And so he's trying to find out who they are. So he has to join skydiving and shit. And it is a dumpster fire of a fucking movie. And I kind of love it, too.
1: Passenger 57.
0: That's another one.
2: <laughs> yes. That's He's, another he one. He is in some good stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, as much as I think it was much maligned back in the day, I think a movie that has kind of like growing relevance in the world is Demolition Man. I think when it came out, it was a shitty ass movie. I think now if you look at it, it's a kind of ingenious satire of the way our world is going. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Wesley Snipes as Simon Phoenix is fucking great.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Yep.
0: You know, and so he's just, he's one of those guys that he is weirdly amazingly good at comedy and action. I mean, White Man Can't Jump is a fucking great movie. And, uh...
1: Yeah, I love that movie. And, and he's also great as a support in Dolomite is My Name. Yeah. That recent Eddie Murphy movie. He was good in that too.
0: He's he's sneaky great as Cyclops and Chirac. Uh, he's amazing in fucking Too Long Fu. Oh
2: my gosh. How could I forget that? Yeah, he, he was great in that. Everyone he was has great in that He's got but, yeah. some
0: amazing comedic chops to him. He really does. Yeah. And then at the same time, he can be the scariest motherfucker in the world as Blade. And. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. My appreciation for Wesley Snipes. Uh, Obviously, I recommend this movie. I think while it has its problems, I still think it's better than most DCEU movies. I mean, I'll watch this over Wonder Woman 1984 any day. It's not even a hard question. You know, I'd watch this over Suicide Squad any day of the week. You know, it's this is one of those ones that with its problems and flaws, Still finds a way to be unique, to be memorable. And I think over time, people have become more fond of it. I think, you know, like Justin was saying, at the time, critics kind of maligned it and fans were kind of okay on it. But I think over time, people kind of realized it did have some specialness to it. And it's kind of grown in popularity, especially with your comic book fans. Because I think especially in the early 2000s, we were getting a lot of garbage for movies. You know, when you look at Ang Lee's Hulk, when you look at Elektra, when you look at the Fantastic Four movies, when you look at a lot of that stuff, I know people want me to say Daredevil. Fuck you, Daredevil's great. It's fucking great. But when you start looking at all these shitty-ass comic book movies that we were starting to get, you kind of realize that with its flaws, Blade fucking tried. I can't say that about a lot of these other movies. You cannot watch like Elektra and say they tried. They did stuff, but they didn't try. This tried. It has some misses, but you know what? I you know it's one of those things where it might have struck out, you know, twice at pl- you know when it was up to bat, but that third time. When it's like game on the line, it fucking hit a home run, and I don't mean that as the third movie. I'm just saying, while this movie has some strikeouts, it has some fucking hits, has some dingers, and for that, I think it's worth it. I'll give it a seventy-five. Uh, I'll give it a seventy-five. Uh, weird zombie ex boyfriends in a weirdly designed pit that makes no fucking sense out of a hundred. Uh, spoilers? Yeah. Yes. I just have a series of questions for you guys. Um, How does a vampire get that morbidly obese? Was it eating stuff too? <laughs> or was it right. just drinking that much blood? And if so, how many calories are in blood?
2: <laughs> These are great questions.
0: As much as I love the idea of Pearl, and like I love the whole Pearl scene. I love that they just torture him with a flashlight. And, you know, it's, and I say that, Nobody should love somebody being tortured, but it's a weirdly fun scene. And I love I love everything about it. But I'm just sitting here thinking, how did that vampire get that fat? Also, how does anybody remember what their mother liked what looked like when they were a newborn baby?
2: <laughs> True.
0: How does anybody remember that?
2: Yeah, even if it is her.
0: <laughs> how does he remember any of that? And I think the worst part of it is it's not whenever he sees her and he starts having those flashbacks. It's whenever the, the woman's lying on the ground bleeding to death and he flashes back to his mother and that's why he saves her. That was the weirdest one to me. Because I'm like, how does he know what his mom looked like from that point of view? Um, How do vampires have babies? Like, how do they age? Because they say that, you know, what Blade ages at the same rate as everybody else. So, implying that vampires age slower. So, when you have a vampire that looks like they're 75, are they just 90,000 years old? Because that's what all that vampire council was. It was all a bunch of old motherfuckers. <laughs> and they were all supposedly born vampires. How does
1: that yeah. work? So, they'd have to be thousands of years old.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then, like, also, how does a blood god temple end up in New York City? <laughs> Also, how did they know that they could kill the one vampire that Udo What's-His-Name plays with the sun? And then that Tracy Lord's character knew she could stab that other one and impale him into a wall, and that they'd still have enough pure-blood vampires to do a ritual? They really lucked out on that. Also, how does the computer read a bunch of old-ass vampire words and give you a diagram?
1: A three-dimensional diagram perfectly telling you what this temple is and
0: how to do it. Also, how does lightning strike that temple and strike the closed Daywalker casket when literally two scenes before that, that casket was opened, and then literally the scene after that, it was still open, but when lightning struck, it was closed for a millisecond. How does that happen? (laughs) Also... Who designed the blood special effects in this and thought these look amazing. We need to show as much anamorphic liquid blood as we possibly can because they were wrong. Also, why was the zombie pit designed like that? Why did it have like four square openings that opened up into a weird dome? What was the purpose of the dome in that pit? That makes no sense to me. I will let you guys answer all those questions. Go.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, I have no answers for you, but they're great questions. Make you think about it. These are just I... the
0: thoughts I have.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, they're, it's interesting. I mean, honestly, if I may add a question or two, why after um, after Blade pretty much sucks all the blood life out of Karen, is she able to just still stand and like fight and shoot and kill people? Like... Also, I don't understand that.
0: I understand that they kind of wanted to that them to make that scene kind of like they were fucking. I understand that that was the point of that. But did they have to really reuse the same shots over and over again while they were cutting back and forth? They filmed it <laughs> for like five seconds and then just intercut it up amongst itself for like honestly, what well, was way too long. I mean, that went on for what? At least seven hours.
2: Yeah, it was a little bit too long.
1: Yeah, and she just totally no so that, Like you said, Heather, she wasn't even weak or like, oh, I can barely move or, you know, she didn't even hold the neck like it kind of hurt a bit. She was just fine.
2: <laughs> right. She was, you know, she wobbled a little bit when she was getting up, but otherwise she was just like, all right, let me go get this guy's gun and get to business.
0: Yeah, she was dizzy until she got the gun. When she got the gun, she was instantly re-energized and powered up.
2: Because they made it seem like he had pretty much just almost killed her. And she was just totally fine in the next scene.
0: Also, why does people, Wesley Snipes, bite? Why don't they become daywalkers?
2: Hmm. it's a good question.
0: Also, when they said, that when she's like, oh, it can cure anybody that was human. How does that necessarily work on Wesley Snipes? I know that technically he was human up until he became a daywalker when he was being born. Like, slash when his mom was bit. But at the same time, he wasn't born yet. Like, so if he got vampirism in utero, he'd still kind of be a pureblood? Also, how do vampires know that daywalkers are possible enough to create a blood god ritual? Also, they say that (laughs) vampirism is a disease, yet they have blood gods. How does that work? Hmm. Also, true. They really stretch the definition of highly allergic because I know people that are like highly allergic to peanuts and they don't burn to ash if they touch a peanut, also.
1: Or their heads explode during anaphylactic shocks.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because their blood's anticoagulating. That makes no sense to me either. Like, oh, their blood doesn't clot, so they explode. What? I mean, I get that they were like, going for a scientific approach with vampires. And that's fine, you know, that like, oh, this chemical, this anticoagulant just reacts bad to their non hemoglobin blood. Because I think that that's also the explanation is that their blood doesn't carry hemoglobin like that's weird because if it's a disease, how can you be born a vampire, but then also turn into a vampire as much as I like some of the things they did with vampiric lore in this movie? They also kind of broke it. Hmm. Also, how do those shades always stay on his head?
2: (laughs) Also, why does it take him so long to actually finally kill Quinn? Like they act like he was just the hardest person in the world to kill when he could have like easily killed him in that first scene.
0: That is actually something I love in the Blade movies. They do the same thing in Blade 2 with another character. It's like, I
2: mean, not that he wasn't an amusing character, even though he was slightly annoying, but that was the point. I'm just like, he's not, I mean, it just, he, he was there for much longer than he needed to be there, so to but, speak.
0: But that is, that that is kind of a hallmark of the Blade series. You'll have like an antagonistical character be around for most of the movie. And then when it's finally time for the showdown between Blade and that character, and you're expecting an epic fight, Blade just pones him. And yeah. that's just what's fun about it a little bit. But. And but I get what you're saying is it's like he's talked about how whenever you first see Quinn and Blade in the beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, I've tried chopping you up all these different ways. Why didn't you just chop him up the way you chopped up every other vampire then? Right. Just just chop him up a normal way then.
2: (laughs) And he was like, I've come to finish you. And it's like, well, I mean, you finish everyone else just fine. Yeah.
0: He could have finished him easily when he's like, oh, I'm going to try fire this time. I don't know. Why didn't you shoot one of those steaks you shot him with in the heart? Why didn't you just do that? Right. Also, why does essence of garlic look like Papa John's garlic butter sauce? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking the questions. That's all I'm here for, to ask the questions. Also, why do they know everything about him so much that they know about the secret switch to turn off his sword blades, but they didn't know where he lived until well into the movie? How do you learn about the sword blades and how to turn it off, but you don't know where he lives? Also, why is everybody in New York okay with watching a man just beat up a police officer in the middle of the street? Also, why does he walk around with his sword in public?
2: Because he's got to make sure he's got that grand entrance anywhere he goes.
0: (laughs) I mean, I promise I like this movie, and I know I just questioned a lot of things about it, but that's kind of what makes this fun. I mean, Justin, do you have anything? What are some things with uh, you in this movie? Because I'm well, just yeah. going to keep asking um, questions.
1: Okay. Well, I think that really the questions that you're asking is really kind of indicative of the problems that. A lot of the problems that I have with this movie, because the the answer to your question is, is that there are no answers to a lot of those questions. And that kind of is why I kind of alluded to in our non-spoiler section style over substance, because that's what this lacks. The story just lacks a lot of substance in a lot of ways, just like you said, with the whole thing of him having this memory of his mom when he was this newborn baby. And while it drives certain story elements, we just needed A better way to tell that story you know what I mean like if he had this connection with his mom maybe he needed to have grown up with his mom a little bit before they got split up and all of this stuff happened just so we could Better, you know, if it was written now, you would better establish that connection so that at the end of the movie, when they're face to face with each other, you're not just sitting there going, well, I mean, why would he have any feelings towards this woman at all? Well, like, at Why?
0: Well, there's kind he- of an easier way to do it that they set up in the movie. They just didn't do. They drop her wallet and it's got like her bloody ID in it. Why wouldn't he just like carrying around her driver's license as a memento of what was taken from him? And that's why he knew what she looked like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You could have played it that way, too. Yeah. Rather than having the flashback newborn baby memory. Yeah. That might have been some better way to do it. And then instead of him having the flashback and saving her, Whistler, since he was kind of an exposition machine for most of the movie. Anyway, he could have explained to Karen where you kind of look like his mom. And that's I think that's probably why he saved you. You know, we could have just kept it like that. Blade didn't have to say you remind me of my mother and be weak or in I'll put that in quotes or whatever. But Whistler could have said that. You know what I mean? During that expositing scene, he could have been like, well, I think the reason why he saved you is because of this. And it would have just given us a little bit more of a reason for why that's happening. And then when you got to that final scene, it would have meant something because to me, it just kind of didn't mean what I think they wanted it to mean, because we just didn't have much of a reason to care much about his mom or to think that he was very deeply affected by it so that's just something that I would try you know if you like I said if it were being written now you'd probably have some of these elements uh, in it but like you said Sterling even that would have been better than kind of essentially what we got
0: you know what I mean? And you could also have Whistler drive home the whole idea of he's You know, ultimately, he's been after the vampire that turned his mom. They allude to it a lot, but just have it be a more defining factor. So that way, whenever he sees his mother and she's actually a vampire and is very vampiric and, you know, Deacon Frost, they were implying that a lot, you know, of why Blade would really want Deacon. But also Deacon was just a vampire anyway, doing vampiric shit that Blade didn't like anyway. You know, so you kind of just sell the idea that Blade's really after the one that turned his mom or that was his motivations. It's grown since then. You know, her driver's license could be sitting in a frame in their shop somewhere and Karen could be looking at it. And then you could have like Whistler look at it and goes, huh, that must be why she he saved you. You really do look a lot like her, you know. And then Karen yeah. goes, who is that? Oh, that was his mother. You know, she died giving birth to him after being bit by a vampire. And then tell the whole Daywalker story. Yeah, You know, like I said, they allude to some of that. Just go ahead. Like you said, Justin. you have an exposition machine in this movie. Use it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just say fuck it and go for it.
1: Might as well. I mean, because you were just kind of using him to explain a lot of things. So I just think you could have... Like you said, add those details and kind of tighten that up a little bit so that it means more when we get to the later scenes. And then Deacon Frost is just another character that I just... (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just sitting there like, okay, like, I mean, I don't mind the character and you know, the, w- we've seen that kind of vampire story before about this one vampire who just has that extreme view that humans should just be cattle and there are food and we should run them and everything like that. Not really complaining about that. But what was weird about this story is just that I didn't understand this vampire society. And I don't think that enough was given to all of that to really understand. Like, like for instance, the first time we see Deacon Frost, he's at this meeting at this table with all of these pure blood vampires and they're ragging him and saying, man, you're not even a pure blood. You were just bitten. And all I could think is, well, how did this son of a bitch get a seat at the table? Like, well, Why is he important to them? Like what, what <laughs> did he do? To get to this status? How did he attain this status? Like, why did they, these thousand-year-old vampires, allow him to have this kind of pull? And if, and I was kind of thinking, well, is it because he amassed this power? Like, he's got these followers and this gang and stuff like that. Is that how he rose to power? Like, he's there because they, because he's got because he's kind of like that mobster that has power. So they have to acknowledge him. And if that was the case, that wasn't very clear to me. None of that was clear to me.
0: The whole. Well, he he doesn't have a seat at the table. He's there because they're questioning him about the, the blood club, the blood nightclub. They want to know why he was doing something like that, because that was expressly forbidden in this supposed treaty that they had with humans that there wouldn't be any large vampire gatherings like that. So he was there to be chastised. But at the same time, it's like you said, Justin, it's obvious that he does have some weight somewhere though. You know, it's just yeah, but you're right. They're they're just incredibly unclear with what any of it means.
1: Yeah. And even that treaty, what, what, like, what, what is the treaty? Like, I, like they said all these things and you would think that somehow that would come back into play or maybe Deacon Frost would express why he doesn't like the treaty or why. I mean, I get that he just thought, why do we even need that? We should just be eating them. I mean, he said that clearly enough, but. What was this treaty? Like what was this pact and why did these pure blood vampires feel the need to do that? They were like, you know, this is why we have to be discreet and stuff like that. What was the what was the fear or wh- what was the consequence they were fearing by ha- by breaking this treaty? Like was it and, and, and you know, maybe if you could have said, well, If we don't have the treaty, Blade would hunt us or if we don't have, you know, but Blade didn't seem like a factor in that process. This felt like something that happened way before Blade kind of was a vampire hunter and a thing. So that was weird, too. Like, what was this treaty? Like, what was that? What were these vampires doing? And that's why I just didn't understand, like, and then if... Deacon Frost wasn't important. Why didn't they just get rid of him or destroy him or just say, "Look, man, if you don't stop doing this, we'll just kill you." Like I don't know why they, well, yeah, why that's he what, seemed to have more power over them.
0: That's what's incredibly weird about it. Is that no point did like why wouldn't they just kill him if they're like, "Man, you're causing too much trouble. Just kill him." You obviously yeah, don't have see, really any of the moral qualms that like normal people have with stuff. Just kill the fucker.
1: It's fine. Yeah. And that's why I felt like he must have had some sort of power because they why wouldn't they do this unless he had some leverage or he had more followers. And you could have easily explained it that way. He was like this have, you know, he got bitten and he was this underground vampire who just amassed all of this, like, political and social power in the city. Like he, all of these vampires and people were following him. So he actually attained more pull than them. So because of his political power, they couldn't just kill him or get rid of him. He had too much influence. It would be too much of a problem to get rid of him like that. So they needed him to fall in line so all these other people would fall in line. And that could have been a 2 minute conversation between two of those vampire heads.
0: You know. Yeah. And you could have just cut that out of the vampire draining sex scene later on in the movie. It would have been fine. It would have been balanced <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I that was just I oh, agree with you, Justin. I was just going to say that like it you know, you could talk about how like this is the council like they kind of control all the stuff for America. Cause you find out in blade two, there's like a Royal family that's in charge of everything, but like mm-hmm. this council could be more or less in charge of America. But Deacon is the one that kind of ran New York, you know? Yeah. Like all the vampires in New York weren't loyal to the council. They were loyal to Deacon. And that's why getting rid of Deacon would have been more of a a pain than keeping him. You know, you just wanted to get him in line still though. Yeah. You could have done something like that. Yeah. Where he controlled the blood banks, the, you know, he was running it kind of like a drug cartel does. So it was kind of just running smoothly and you didn't want to upset the apple cart of New York being the biggest city in America. You know, you could have just had like a quick little explanation like that to where it showed his like, Why his he was worth more alive than dead to them?
1: Yeah, and then it would explain. And then you could have had, and yeah, and you could have easily just had one of those guys be like, "Man, we should get rid of him. We should kill him." Kind of somebody who suspects that Deacon is up to something, and the one who he eventually kills first, that could have been that guy, you know? Because and he was kind of doing it in the movie anyway. What are you doing, Deacon? What are you doing over here? And like when they had that apartment conversation he was like you'll never uh get the translation of those uh texts and then he was just kind of like you bore me growl and he left well that guy that could have been your guy that was like man we should get rid of him he should have been the one in the council just advocated for well, that but but I you balance that out one, with another one
0: i think oh, he should be ahead. the one saving him though because he is kind of like the head of the council so it could be one of the other ones that are like, we should just get rid of him. But he's the one that's like, I agree with you, but he's worth more alive to us than dead because of this, this and this. And it has more weight yeah. because he's the head. But I agree.
1: Okay, got
0: you. Do you know what I got mean? Got you. It still has the same things that you were talking about. I just think he should be the one that is more rational as like, I agree with what you're saying. Fuck Deacon Frost. But God, he makes our lives easier in New York.
1: Yeah, he's a good earner, you know, just like in all those mob movies when there's that one guy who's brash and he's a rebel and he doesn't listen. But the mob boss will say, yeah, but he's a good earner, man. You know, you guys don't make the money he makes out there on those neighborhoods. And that could have been the thing. He brings in more blood than anybody. You know he's our biggest earner. He's our big. He has the biggest uh influence along the city, and that's more than what I. He's young, and I. We don't understand him, and he's yeah. non traditional. But boy, that 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 son of a bitch gets the results. He's but we effective. just yeah yeah. But we just had none of that, so it all just feels like missing
0: stuff, you know. And it's like there. It's like those scenes are there. It's just they're in a deleted scene that disappeared in 1998 also.
2: Yeah, because it's like it's all understood, but it's like speculation. Like it's it's more of like a you you put the pieces together or you can put the pieces together, but it doesn't really tell you those things. So, yeah,
0: I mean, it's also like, but do you, do you guys want to know what the actual ending of this movie was supposed to be?
1: Oh, <laughs>
2: yes.
0: So originally when Deacon Frost becomes a blood god. He was supposed to become like this swirling blood tornado that Deacon Frost's face would show up in. And Blade was supposed to fight a blood tornado. (laughs) Oh. And as bad as some of the CGI was, as the blood god and stuff, I am so happy they went with this ending and not that one. Because it would have looked a billion times worse.
1: Oh. Yeah. I'm glad that they did. uh, And I feel like that's not as.
2: Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't have been as intimidating either, just because the way they made him look like he was straight up evil looking like that was uh, that was a good, like scary bad guy. So, yeah.
0: Well, and I like the fact that you didn't get the grasp of what happened until Blade cut him in half. I really like that aspect of it. It's like, oh, yeah, we're evenly matched, evenly matched, evenly matched. Blade cuts him in half and he's like, yeah, this fight's over. Then it's all what the fuck? Never mind. <laughs> that he's response was great. You know, I mean, I just, yeah. I hated how, like whenever he injected him with those things, he injects them with like six of them. None of those works. And then he kicks one into his forehead. And then with what in 0.2 milliseconds, he's expanded to like five times the size and explodes. Like, why wasn't he showing any of those effects from the first, like six of them? Like, it's just so weird. And then it's just, it's so quick and it looks like Fucking trash he looks like whenever he's like all bubbly and swollen he looks like a weird you remember that video game clay fighters Justin?
1: oh god he yes. looks like
0: a clay fighters version of tetsuo from akira
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he
0: does and it's terrible but also question why did blade's mom want to fuck him so bad I know we talked about it. Yeah, a little that was bit, so weird. But she <laughs> it was just weird. wanted to fuck the fuck out of her son. Like, why did she yeah. have to cut off his t-shirt? He, he <laughs> was She could they could have just taken it. It was a fucking t-shirt. It it was a Hanes. That was a black Hanes t-shirt, and she had to cut it off of him. That was so weird.
1: Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. It was it was just, it was strange.
0: No, Justin. It was strange. You tell me right now why that mom wanted to fuck her son. Right now.
2: I don't uh, know. <laughs>
0: I can't. Especially in the can't. weird rule that these vampires can have kids. What if you accidentally get the vampire kid of your daywalker's son? That's weird. Maybe that's the secret to Deacon Frost. Is he wasn't a pure blood, but he had like 900 pure blood kids. Like he was just fucking all these vampire chicks, popping out pure blood kids. Because they would be pure blood because they'd be born a vampire. Or is it a weird thing that if you're turned into a vampire, you can't have kids. But if you're born a vampire, you can have kids. But then it begs the question how did the first vampire fuck another vampire to have these kids? See, it breaks itself. So it has to be if you're turned into a vampire you can fuck another vampire regardless and still have a pure-blood kid. That has to be the rule. Otherwise, it's not possible.
2: Was that a storyline in the comics? Do we know?
0: (laughs) No. Not not that I know of. It's not even a storyline for the rest of these movies, really. I mean, it kind of is in the second movie when you get into the vampire royal family. But then when you get into the third movie and you meet Dracula, you're like, oh, he was fucking people, I guess. I don't know how it works. They don't really make that much sense of it. I think they should have just kind of gone into the whole, like, instead of pure blood, it's just your age. Like, I'm 2,000 years old. You're just a measly 100. Fuck off. Like, just go that route. Kind of like True Blood did. That type of hierarchy tends to work better. You know? Not pure bloods. Because like I said, how are these vampires having kids? I mean, I guess it makes sense that they could in this universe because it is just a disease. But, like, it takes all the fun away from being a vampire. Isn't that the point of being a vampire? That you can just fuck people and not have kids? Because you're a vampire? I thought that that was one of the selling points of being one. But not in this universe. Being a vampire in the Blade universe (laughs) sucks. Man, I'm all sad now. Thinking about all these vampires not being able to, like, do all their weird sexual fantasies. Because they have to worry about kids. That's so sad.
2: I really want to know, though, like, what was the point in in the seduction? <laughs> it just doesn't it makes no sense. And it, there's like no point in it
0: It works in any other scenario except for the fact that it's like mother and son. Like, it really is weird because it's it's like she's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Blady boy. Mm, looking good. It's weird. Agreed. It's like they wanted to turn Karen and then Karen could have been seducing him that would make more sense than his mom right and what'd she call him like bobby that's such a lame name
2: wasn't it like aaron or something
0: Nah, fuck it. i don't remember
2: but either way yeah it's i don't know i mean were they just because they wanted to see like a seductive or well, something? It, it's because
0: <laughs> like in every vampire thing you have to have this sexy like seductress vampire that's what they do in all these vampire movies and stuff
2: then do it with literally every other vampire. Exactly.
0: Why does it have to be his mom? <laughs> that is the weirdest choice so behind weird. it all.
2: Right. Yeah. It's super yeah. weird. I, I kind of want to look. I want to look into it, like article wise, to see if I can find anything on that because it is an interesting question. It's like, why? What was the point at all? And it wasn't like he was into it either. He <laughs> was just like, cool. My mom's alive and she's trying to kill me slash seduce me at the same time. So.
1: And I don't know, you would think that if he, once he discovered that he needed Blade in order to complete this blood god ritual, you would have just thought that maybe he would have used the mother like earlier. It was just kind of weird how this bad coffin box electronic yeah, thing opens up and she's just there. Yeah, I what mean, was it that yeah, it was a coffin, but it was electronic, but it was a bed. In but a it weirdly was... white room. Why was that room all white? <laughs> it was white.
0: <laughs> like, it was pastier than Deacon Frost. And Stephen Dorff is a pale-ass motherfucker in this movie.
1: Is it an ironic contrast, maybe? That they're surrounded in white, but they're these dark creatures? Well, yeah, apparently, because
0: they're, they're, they want to fuck their sons and shit. And I get, like, the whole imagery of the bed because, yeah, it's supposed to harken back to the idea of vampires sleeping in coffins and stuff. But, like, it's in a weird white room. If it was in anything else, I might have bought it. But it's in a solid white room. Like, that room is made of plastic and light bulbs. That's weird.
1: I mean, there was no pictures up, no family members, Castlevania game photos, nothing, dude. It was just white. I mean, it was just a pure white room, dude. Is it like a sunlight fetish? Like, man, you know, I wish I could be in the sun. No, because if he put on sunblock, he could go in the sun.
0: Exactly. I I guess he could have done that. That didn't stop no motherfuckers from going out in the sun.
1: Yeah. Every vampire movie
0: worth its shit. If it wants its vampires out in the sun, it'll figure out a way to fucking do it.
1: So, nope, it wasn't that either. So, yeah, you're right. That's just an interesting artistic
0: choice, babe. why do they all want to be daywalkers and shit? Apparently, you just got to put on some sunscreen, motherfuckers. Just don't be lazy.
2: Yeah, I'm like, why was that, like, (laughs) that was just something that completely worked, is just put on a lot of sunscreen, you know?
1: Yeah, that was weird, too. Like,
0: why did that work? (laughs) Also, how does Blade get tattoos? He's got a vampiric healing factor. How does he get tattoos? Oh, uh, yeah,
2: that's a good question.
0: Mm. Yeah, Don't get me question. wrong. I love his tattoos. I love it. Yeah, but it's super how does cool. it work? It's tight. I love him more in the second movie because they go further up the side of his head in the second movie. So that means he gets more ink.
1: Well, wasn't there some kind of rule... Uh, Didn't wasn't there that rule with uh, Deacon where he was where somebody oh I'm sorry Karen was asking him that scar that you have why do you have that scar oh it's because you got it before you turn so but Blade's maybe, been that way since he's born so maybe Blade but just before it he got the full day Walker. he was tattooed as a baby
0: I mean, maybe maybe he got baby tattoos you are absolutely right Justin maybe he got baby tattoos. Because we know, according to Whistler, when he was, like, six years old, he was, like, killing homeless people and drinking their blood. Yeah. So. Also, why did Karen have to remove her Band-Aids for Blade to suck the blood out of her? Couldn't he just bite the other side of her neck?
2: Yep. Definitely so.
0: I mean, it's just so weird. Also, why do all these vampires have weird winged Skellington ghosts inside of them? What does that even mean? Also... I still want to know who built a blood god temple in America, in New York, in a construction site. Who built that? I must know these things.
1: And does that also mean that other daywalkers have existed? Because how did the prophecy know that you needed a daywalker in order to incorporate
0: this ritual? Well, according to the third movie, the original Dracula is a daywalker.
1: Okay so you could have put dracula yeah. in there and then you could have done it okay i forgot about that
0: which also the original ending of the third movie which i know that this is way off i also i like the original ending of it better than i like the one we got whereas in this one i hate the original ending but i like the one we got cuz the original ending of the third movie spoilers for that also if you haven't seen it by now you don't care anyway um blade uh, Dracula can shape shift, and so to get people off of Blade's back and to think Blade's dead so he can continue on daywalking, Dracula shapeshifts into Blade, and then they take his corpse in, and then he shapeshifts back into Dracula, and they're like, oh, that's weird. But the original ending of Blade 3 was that he passes out from the whole virus or the Dracula vampire bomb thing. And they think that they it might have killed Blade too. But what happens is inside the morgue, he actually awakens and bites the morticians. And it's the whole idea of what Dracula was saying: you're the future of vampires. As in Blade starts biting people and he starts making daywalkers. Like he turns evil and starts making daywalkers. And so the whole idea was then there was gonna be a fourth movie where the night stalkers that were teamed up with him are having to then go fight Blade and his army of daywalkers. I think that's a better ending, though. That does sound
1: kind of cool, actually.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes the whole, well, the third movie was shit, but it set up a really awesome fourth movie. You know, it kind of makes it worth it at the end. Like, I dealt with all this shit, but it's because we're going to get something awesome. But they abandoned everything, because apparently Wesley Snipes was a huge asshole the entire time they were filming the third movie. So that sucks. Oh, really? Oh yeah, apparently anytime you see Blade and you don't see his face, that's not Wesley Snipes. Because apparently Wesley Snipes refused to come out of his trailer for most of the movie. Unless he was saying dialogue or you needed his face on screen, he wasn't coming to set. He was just staying in his trailer and smoking weed all day apparently.
2: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, him Why? and David
0: S. Gore. Is there a story
1: behind that or did he not like the script or what was going on there?
0: I see, I don't know. I just know that David S. Goyer, the guy that wrote this movie and the second movie, directed wrote and directed the third movie. And I don't know, Blade just was or Wesley Snipes just wasn't having it. He didn't like David S. Goyer, he didn't like this and that and or whatever. He, he didn't like the fact that a lot of the focus was taken off Blade to add these other characters. I don't know. But if you don't see his face 9 times out of 10, that means he wasn't there. Yeah, uh what's his name? Patton Oswalt, who's in that movie? Uh, has talked about it numerous times about how Blade would just send notes to the set saying he's not coming <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and he would sign his notes as Blade, like when he would send a note to set, he would sign it as Blade. I do think that that's kind of cool though.
2: Just some of that method acting.
0: It was something. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts <laughs> about Blade? No?
2: Yeah, I just wanted I wanted to add just um a couple of things to it. Um, I I think another thing that really kind of bothered me about the movie is, I mean, overall, I liked Karen's character, but I feel like her, it was a little bit jarring, like how she reacted to literally anything that happened, even aside from her whole, I have no blood in my body, but I'm totally fine to fight or whatever. (laughs) Like she, I mean, like even at the very beginning when her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend or whatever, gets bitten by this vampire. Like she doesn't really like scream or react. She literally just stands there and watches it. And then because she didn't like, leave earlier. That's how she gets caught, you know, and just like any even when the guy or the cop or whatever is, uh, or the fake cop or whatever he is comes into her into the home and like just all these things like her reactions are just very much like, she's not surprised. She's not like, it, you know, it just felt very, like, jarring that she wasn't even, like, afraid or, like, hey, what's going on? I don't understand. Or anything. She was just kind of like, oh, weird. This guy's being killed right in front of me. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just a little bit jarring. Like, in the scenes when she's not acting too, like, opposite of something, like, crazy that just happened. Like, when it's just her and Blade having dialogue it's good you know what i mean like it's good but just like weird reactions because it's not like she's actually reacting she's just you know okay this is the thing i have to do after you do your thing like you know what i mean so it was just a little bit weird but she I is just very wanted nonchalant to to
0: about him. a lot of things yeah like, and i mean and they do it solely with dialogue though when she's like oh right. i'm supposed to believe all this vampire stuff And then Whistler's like, well, you saw Mr. Crispy last night, you know, and then she's like, oh, you're right. I accept everything.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just very, I guess, nonchalant or like underreacting. She doesn't physically (laughs)
0: react to anything, really. Right. She just verbally reacts to stuff and that's it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah.
2: You don't see like this crisis of like what's going on and like I've never seen something like this. What should I believe? You don't even see any of that, like, you know, crisis that she goes through in her mind of what's going on right now, you know, or the fact that, oh, I saw my ex-boyfriend bitten by a vampire and I almost died. And, you know, am I freaked out because I might become a vampire? Like, none of that. You just don't see any of that, you know. Wasn't there a
1: scene with with Deacon and her that was kind of like that? Like, she was just kind of nonchalant reacting to what he was saying. Like, wasn't there a scene? I'm trying to think of the the, the words exactly. Well, I think but a, I
0: say the whole, when Blade's like thirsty, and she's saying like, and Deacon's like saying his whole plan or whatever. But yeah, she's just so nonplussed about everything.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. And I want to say I, there was even a line there where Deacon was like, you seem nervous. You seem tense. And then it showed her And she didn't look that way at all.
2: Right.
0: Oh, yeah. Because she's like, (laughs) I'm not afraid of you or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, you can have a reaction, though. Yeah.
2: I mean, it makes sense if it was like Blade reacting to those things. Because he has seen that before. And he's not afraid of them. Like, (laughs) But for her, it just doesn't seem like that fits with how she should be reacting.
0: She was reacting like Blade to everything. And the problem is he's been dealing with it for 30 years. She's been dealing with it for 30 minutes.
2: Exactly. So that's why I'm like, it fits for him to be that way, but not for her, you know. Um, And I do agree. I did like Chris Christopherson in this. I thought he was great in this. Um, And yeah, I just think that I, I just wish that I mean, he he did a solid job like he was everything he he did was pretty great in this movie. But I I think also just some of the lines were very flat or very kind of cheesy almost like some of it was fine, but there were some moments when like, um, you know, like when he's, well, but like when he's trying to tell Karen, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready or you gotta be prepared to keep your eyes open or whatever it is he said to her. That was just like, just the tone of how he was saying it wasn't matching the dialogue and it just felt very like cheesy how he was saying, or I don't know. It was just, it was, it felt a little bit off, but
0: no, I get that.
2: But I mean, again, it's not really what blade is about is like, you know, real deep dialogue or something. So I can forgive it because everything else he did was great because kind of like I alluded to it earlier. I loved like any time he had like an entrance into a room, <laughs> like at the beginning in the club scene, when everyone just is quiet and stops, and you just see him in his like badass like costume, and then again, when you know he's about to you know demolish all these vampires, and then he grabs the glasses. And he like puts him back on like I thought that was really cool. That was very well done. Like they did some really cool stuff with some of the scenes and he pulls that off really well. So it's it's mostly good stuff. It was just some of the line deliveries kind of were like, all right, that's kind of cheesy. But the everything else that Wesley Snipes did in it was really good.
0: One of my favorite ones of his entrances is whenever uh, that that cop is harassing Karen and it shows from her point of view and then it goes to like the cop, and then Blade is right behind him.
2: He's I'm like, just Karen right there. Would see yeah. him.
0: but you yeah. like it's just like <laughs> nope. He just shows up right behind him. You could have shown him come around the corner. You didn't have to have Blade literally standing right behind the cop out right. of nowhere. <laughs> just showed up. Yeah, because it really is. You see from behind Karen towards the cop, and then it just goes closer to the cop, and Blade is already standing there. And I'm like, that is directly in Karen's eyeline. Like, yep. come on, you can have him up here. It's fine.
2: But yeah, that was the only other thing I wanted to kind of just talk about a little bit, because that was that was kind of the thing that stuck out most as to why I didn't really give it a higher score. But again, that compared to all the really cool things that were in it, you know, it, it's a little bit more on the positive side for me.
0: Yeah. All right. Is that all? From you guys?
2: Yes. Yes, sir.
0: All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Uh, check us out on the Internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook or Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, give us a rating and review on your preferred uh, podcast app if you feel so inclined. Always five stars is always the best way to go on that because uh, you just don't end up like Kurt. And I won't even say why this time. I will actually be nice to Kurt. And I won't say, fuck you, Kurt, this episode. So just go ahead and do that. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everybody uh, about this podcast, especially if you like it. Maybe they'll like it, too. Who knows? That's how things get spread. And uh, other than that, stay safe, guys. And remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner.
1: Smack my bitch up. Whoa! Bow, 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 bow,